Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him And from that point then we hear a name change Rearrange the game so now we gotta change uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up. It's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Hello? 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 If someone can hear this, please help me. This is an emergency. I'm being raped by three clowns. Ladies and gentlemen, a huge, huge wow. Good news that we all together. Yeah, <laughs> this is good, man. This is gonna be. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, like I leave the. Single time, man. We about to just flow smoothly, but uh, we got uh, some new service. Uh, we had this. We had internet, so the studio had different internet, and it uh, kind of jacked me up a little bit. I expect unexpectedly. Ladies and gentlemen, show atmosphere. Live on the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Let's have some fun. Well, you want the only Paul or Chet. 
Hey, man, can you hear me okay? You were kind of skipping uh, on my end. I don't know if you can hear me okay. You're kind of skipping on, on this end still. Um, yeah. We're going to get this together. And, um, the moment. Frustrated. I'm so, I'm tired of this phone tag crap. To be honest with you, <laughs> I'm wondering what the deal is. But if we can hear me now, then we can we can continue on with this uh, this interview. But if not, we can reschedule it if you want. That's fine too. When you get the server working, the cable's all fixed. I know I'm live. I'm just I'm just saying if you want to do it like another day, we can do another day. Let's do it now, man. Do it now. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. Rock and roll. Abracadabra. Man, just just imagine uh, how frustrated uh, I am, man. Just uh, uh, coming to my studio and thinking everything's okay, and then getting all this type of glitch crap. So, man, I can't even imagine, man. Let's yeah, let's do it. Let's put it behind us. Let's do it. So your last name is really Featherstone. It is, I'm man. still. I love your. Your name is badass, man. Like honestly, like it's like a magician's <laughs> name. You have a magician's <laughs> name. Do you have? Do you? Yeah. Do you dabble in 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 mag magicry? Is that even a word? No. Magician. Ma I, you know, wizardry. Yeah, wizardry. <laughs> no. 
No. You know, the, the funny thing about that is, is that I uh, my lifestyle is a complete opposite. I'm actually a pretty devout Christian. So it's uh, Really? <laughs> yeah, I am. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, you know, there could be there yeah. could be healing magic and positive magic that's in the grace sure. of God, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, you know the, the wizard, wizardry, I I I, yeah, I I Well, no, I mean, have you seen, have you seen uh, Leap of Faith with Steve Martin? <laughs> well, he's kind of more of like a snake oil salesman yeah. in that movie, but Yeah, yeah that's yeah, a great he was, film. He was kind of a con man. Yeah, that was terrific. Yeah, it was terrific. My dad grew up in that town yeah. where they filmed that. It's, it's, uh, really? Nice. Yeah, yeah it's Groom, Texas. It's in, nothing yeah, there except for that. Did you find yeah, big oh, fan, yeah. big fan. But he's no, he's no Featherstone. He's not. He's he's Martin. You know, Martin's a pretty pretty uh, common name. Pretty common last name. He's a, you know he's a superstar though. But uh, I appreciate man. Name. That's, For sure. Uh, very, yeah. No, I. Very I figured you'd get that all the time. Yeah, it's unique. It's unique, and uh, it's a, it's a, a Indian. Uh, I'm a I'm a black man. I'm a, a big muscle guy, guy. But uh, muscle guy. Okay. Yeah, you know, I, I lift weights and stuff. Big guy. But see, it's symbolic then because it shows you you have the 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 mass of a stone, but yet. The softness of a feather, feather stone. I always say that I'm a living, I'm a living, walking, breathing oxymoron. A living, breathing, walking oxymoron. That's good. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I would emphasize the oxy yeah, part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love oxy, it. Oxymoron. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's moron, really good. Not, not the moron part. Right. 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 Just. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. So what? So what's cooking? So what's cooking? Speaking of Steve Martin, were you a fan of SNL? I'm sorry? Were you a fan of SNL? Speaking of Steve Martin? I was, yeah, I was. Um I was a I was more of a fan of certain performers on SNL. I don't know if I really uh can say I was a fan of certain time periods, but um I I can't say I watched it religiously, but I would I would dabble in it. You know, I had my phases uh in high school and stuff like that, so but I also like Mad TV a lot growing up. I was a big fan of Mad TV. Um, and um, I don't know, they were just kind of like a little trashier. Uh, and they made fun of Steven Seagal regularly. <laughs> so that was really funny to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you were more than that. Mad TV. Yeah, uh, good. choice for you, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I. Yeah, I was an SNL guy for me. I was like an S. I was a Saturday Night Live fanatic. It was, you know, from like 89 to like 97, 98. I probably watched every single SNL episode. Oh, really? Chris Farley was my guy. Yeah, Chris Farley was Who? an all-time favorite. Chris Farley. Oh, he was incredible. Yeah, he was great. Uh, I, uh, I guess yeah. I remember him more for his movies and all of his SNL work. But what about a guest? Who was, do you have a favorite guest? Well, my 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 favorite uh, my favorite movie sheet from Chris Farley, and uh, my favorite skit is uh, Matt Foley. I mean, you know, to me, Matt Foley is just a cut above the rest. Living in a sure. Yeah, I just did that to my three year old son uh, this weekend, 
And uh, he had no idea what I was talking about. But my mom is a huge SNL fan, too, and she was cracking up. So at least I made one of them laugh. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I It seems to uh, have something in each episode for somebody of various demographic or age range. You know what I mean? So... Um, I just I don't know. What's the is the current crop any good? I remember watching one I think about two years ago and I wasn't sold on it. But I have very little yeah, patience I, uh, nowadays for TV. Yeah, I kind of fell off of it, man. I, I I'm not like I said. I I can watch from like '89 to about '98. I can watch it. I can watch marathon. I can binge watch on marathon now. But I haven't watched SNL. Um, probably in ten years, you know, from from a weekly standpoint. Uh, so yeah, I, I couldn't even tell you half of. I couldn't even tell you probably ninety five, ninety seven percent of who's on there right now. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Days, I'd have to say I like. Uh, I don't know. I like all the Christopher Walken <laughs> stuff. Every time he was on there for me, as a home run. So. Oh uh, yeah, Connell. Yeah, Connell's my favorite. <laughs> so good. <laughs> So good. Oh man, yeah, that's uh, oh man, yeah. Christopher Walken in the Continental is absolutely hilarious. That's that's a good call right there. So, so what made uh, what made Paul London want to become a professional wrestler? Um, I don't know. I'll tell you just what what made me want to be a wrestler. I don't know. I just I think I fell down a lot when I was a kid. I hit my head a lot. So it's probably some probably a mixture of brain damage and um just stupidity <laughs> and uh just being a physical kid i think it uh I, I was an actor before i was a wrestler believe it or not i mean i am an actor and that's, that's that was in me before wrestling um so i think uh, growing up very physical uh and when i say hit my head a lot I mean, i'm not kidding i remember um very specifically we were taking a trip uh, a beach trip to corpus christi I grew up in Austin, so um, we were taking a beach trip to Corpus Christi, and I was wearing my flip-flops indoors because that's what geniuses do, and um, or my my uh, my flippers, my flippers, my actual swimming flippers. I was wearing those indoors. Those are actual geniuses that do that. <laughs> and uh, my parents told me not to wear them because I was going <laughs> to step on them and fall. And um, literally a minute later, I stepped on it and fell and cracked my chin open. And then uh, cancel the trips. I don't know. I was just um, always in the emergency room as a kid. Um, wow. Because I was always getting into some sort of mischief. Uh, my dad likes to tell this funny story where we're uh, going somewhere, I think, for like a basketball game or a camping trip or something, some Boy Scout thing. And there's a bunch of us uh, in a suburban, a bunch of the kids in the suburban were driving past uh, some hospital and one of the kids was like, oh, that's where my doctor is. And some other kid uh, was like, oh, that's where my doctor is. And we passed the matter emergency place. I'm like, oh, that's where my doctor is. Um, so yeah, 24 oh. <laughs> hour emergency place. I hung out there as a kid a lot. Um, but no, I, uh, to answer your question, I was at a grocery store and I stumbled upon a magazine, a WBF magazine with Hulk Hogan on it. And, uh, the the slathery oil on his sheeny uh, chili con queso like body um, drew me to it. <laughs> He's holding this American. I can remember it's like this 1992 uh, January WWF magazine, and Hulk Hogan's on the cover. And he mm. is the oiliest motherfucker you've ever seen. I mean, he looks he. Oh, I'm sorry, oiliest 
MFR I've ever seen. He he is like oiled up like crazy. He's just shiny, like sheeny. And uh, and I was like, what is you know, yeah. what is this? And so I started flipping through the magazine. And it was just it was crazy. It was like these colossus like uh, gladiators. Um, and they were just fighting. And I had to put the images together in my mind because there's just pictures, so they weren't moving. So you know, I think it really took my my mind. Um, in a different direction creatively because these were just images that I had never seen before um, of these guys wearing all these colorful mm-hmm. outfits and um, looking like they were engaging in battle, you know, um, that's all I could really make of it with the faces that they're making. And, um, so anyways, I just, yeah. I, I started tuning into the TV show and kind of got hooked that way. And it just, it was uh, kind of the fun part of theatrics with the physicality that I enjoyed with, growing up and being involved in martial arts and having two older brothers and um, surviving on the streets of Austin, Texas. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, so does that I apologize for that, really... that curse word, by the way. I'm so sorry. I just get into it with Hulk Hogan and his greasiness. You got really into it, man. Ah, <laughs> oh, so shiny, so shiny, like chili con queso. When you leave it, you let it sit there for a second. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Um, did you watch was that your defining moment to become a wrestler? Did you even watch wrestling? Kid, or was that one like you know, this was tricking? Sorry, you're breaking up just a little bit. You, is it just what, what was there a defining moment where I made this decision like this is exactly what I'm going to do? Like, is that what you meant, or is that what you asked? Yeah. Did you watch wrestling as a kid? Yeah, I started watching it after I, uh, after you know, um, I'm really big on books and reading. And I used to hang out a lot at a uh, half price books. I don't know if um, they have those where you live or wherever but people are familiar with them, but. Yep. Half Price Books is kind of a chain of bookstores, at least in the South, um, where uh, you can get a lot of used stuff, used books and tapes and CDs and magazines and stuff like that. So they would have a magazine section that had um, tons of old uh, The Wrestler and Pro Wrestling Illustrated, um, just uh, tons of those old uh, back issues. So I would usually buy them out. Um, because you know they're only like a buck fifty or fifty cents, or whatever used or something. Um, I'm kind of aging myself here, but uh, so anyways, I would get all these back issues. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyways, I, I would really stack up on these magazines, and for some reason, I was really kind of more fixated on wrestling magazines for a while than I was on watching it. So it took me a while to kind of get into watching it because I didn't have the luxury of just sitting, you know, on my butt and watching TV. Um, all day. I mean, I, I, I'm an outdoor kid. I was never really an indoor kid watching TV all day. Um, unless it was like Skinamax or something, but, um, you know, I, uh, yeah, I did watch it eventually, but yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess that answers your question. Sorry. The defining moment. That's right. Um, I, I, nah, I don't know. I'm trying to think, man. That's, uh, I went to a WWF event when I was probably 14, 13. Um, no, probably younger than that. Probably 11. Yeah, I'd say I was 11. Um, and we were seated above the funeral parlor where um, Paul Bear would have his interviews and stuff. Uh, and I just, it's really weird, but I remember the 
the smoke or the fog, the fake fog from the funeral parlor coming up into our faces where we were seated, and it smelled like burnt marshmallows. And for some mm-hmm. reason, I really liked that that smell, and that kind of made me uh, say, like, I really want to be a part of this. <laughs> the burnt mar- uh, not so much the burnt marshmallow smell, but just, I don't know. It was just, it, I think it was just, it, it, it was odd. It was the smell of kind of a production. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, I'm trying to think of a way to explain it. Because there wasn't any one moment where someone, you know, I bumped into you know, Sergeant Slaughter or something, and he told me, like, you can do it. You know, there wasn't anything like that. It just, um, I think it was more sensory. Like, I, 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 when I went to an actual show at the Frank Ruin Center in Austin, and I experienced the atmosphere, that's mm-hmm. what became contagious to me, was the atmosphere of that live um, energy. Does that make sense? Um because uh, if it doesn't, I can try and make it sound even more confusing. <laughs> but, yeah, it's no, the it's atmosphere good. that I think I kind of got hooked to. Um, and the fans cheering. Yeah. It was just, it was cool. It was awesome. Yeah. So probably, thrilling. yeah, 11 yeah, years old. Really yeah, it really is thrilling. So you still have those smells when you revel nowadays that bring you back to that moment? I can, yeah. Whenever I go anywhere where I smell kind of either like a burnt marshmallowy or like a cotton candy smell, it it always takes me back to the funeral parlor. Uh, it actually, you know what else it smells like? It smells like Peeps. Okay. <laughs> like if yeah, you the, like the, if the you candy, took Peeps yeah, to like a flame. Candy. Yeah, it's it's kind of like Peeps. So, the funeral. I don't know what they use for that that smoke or that fog, because I've smelled fog machines. Plenty of times since then, and I've, I've I've never been able to locate that that peepish, marshmallowy, cotton candyish funeral parlor scent. <laughs> wow, must have been a sign. Must have been a sign. So, if there's some fog machine distributors out there listening, and you might know of what I'm talking about, please get at me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a good idea for a sponsor, man. That's uh, I think I think you might have opened up a. a a good can of uh, uh, chicken noodle soup there. I was going to say can of worms, but can of worms is uh, a negative uh, term. But uh, soup is healthy. So uh, I think you open up a, new can, uh, a can of chicken noodle soup and uh, gave me the idea of maybe reaching out to a sponsor, a fog uh, machine company. So thank you for that idea. Yeah, we'll see if that happens. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> it, may, it, may, it may. So you, so you know, Bud, uh, being trained at the Texas uh, Wrestling Academy, right? Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy. Um, briefly, I didn't, I didn't train there so much when Shawn was leading the the thing. More so, once he had kind of handed it over to Rudy Boy, I went there and trained with Rudy Boy. Uh, this was after I had already received. Um, a pretty basic level of training from Ivan Putsky. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, for about four or five months. Um, and he just kind of okay. beat the tar out of me. And then I debuted uh, on the independent scene with Ivan Putsky as my manager. And that was a pretty cool deal for me just because he's, you know, kind of, uh, he's a Texas legend, really. I mean, in, in terms of wrestling, Polish he's power. also, you know, he's in the, yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he's, uh, 
he was fantastic. He was super nice, and he just um, he taught me a lot. But for things that I maybe didn't learn so much there that he didn't emphasize in the training so much, I was able to really start picking up um, with Rudy Boy Gonzalez in San Antonio, who he was he was kind of like a he's like a glue guy where the sense where Sean would kind of structure their training, but since Sean had done or had had back surgery recently, he wasn't really in the, in the ring physically. So he had Ken Johnson and Rudy Boy Gonzalez and Paul Diamond uh, and Dusty Wolf, I believe, was another one of the trainers. <clears throat> and they would help and they would get in there and they would do all the physical stuff with all the guys. Um, but yeah. by the time I had gotten around to getting out there, Sean kind of passed everything on to Rudy Boy. So Sean would show up every now and then uh, in the night classes, but it, you know, it, it wasn't as often or as as blown up as it has been, uh, where people think he was very hands-on with me because he wasn't. You know, he wasn't. I mean, that wasn't. That's just that kind of got blown out of proportion with the interview that I did years ago, um, to the point where actually Sean pulled me aside once and asked me uh, he said it was racking his brain he just said I, I can't remember but people said i've trained you and i just feel like i would have remembered you because you're you're so talented i would remember a, a kid that talented but i don't remember training you and i i kind of fessed up to him i was like no that i got blown out of proportion in an interview and that you, you know you didn't technically but you you i was there with rudy blaine like, oh okay oh god thought i was going senile or something but no so we cleared the air at one point. <laughs> and then I told him that I uh, yeah, Oh, I was just saying I, I told him that I'd read his whole book and I I I felt bad because I kinda of fibbed a little bit. I didn't actually finish his book. I was I got through most of it, but I, I did not finish it and I I was so relieved that he was calling me into the room to ask me something that he was mistaken about as opposed to like yeah. me having been in trouble for something I didn't know I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm like I'm like that right now. Um I'm uh probably eleven or so chapters into his newer book. Um Wait, is it is a newer book? I'm, About hunting or something? Or yeah. is it like how new is it? No. Uh last year I believe. Oh wow. So he's got okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, um it's it's more about his like religious journey. Um uh, with wrestling, um, yeah, I don't remember what it's called. Honestly, I bought it. Uh, I, I buy all my stuff through um, a very uh, popular retailer. That um, I won't. I won't. I, I may say on the show, but I, I may not because they're not paying me to say it. But um, well, I mean, I mean, honestly, like, I, I mean, I'm not. I mean, I would say I'm more agnostic or whatever. But that's part of why I stopped reading his book was because he started to delve too much into the religious stuff. And I just felt like, I, have, I want to read about the wrestler. I don't want to read, I don't want to read this stuff. You know what I mean? And yeah. so that's why, that's why I stopped reading his book. <laughs> to be honest with you, I wasn't going to tell him that, you know, I give some sweet <laughs> shin music uh, to my yeah. face, but I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it's I want to, I want to know about the life. people. Yeah. yeah I did it really. Oh, the the new book. That's what it. Oh, I thought you were confessing to me now that wrestling saved your life. That's the name of his new no. book. <laughs> no. I was like, man, this is getting this got heavy really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'll read it. I mean, it, it, I might put it in the queue, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. 
You know what's so funny? My I was actually intrigued because of the opposite of uh, of your uh, reasoning. I was actually intrigued to read the book because of the religious undertones. So it's pretty uh, interesting, and um, so that actually caused me to want to read the book because of that. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, right. It's no, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. Yeah, you know his journey. Um, Journey's pretty, uh, pretty respected one for me at least. Um, I know that uh, I follow Shawn Michaels for twenty years at least. And, Absolutely, um, no, he's he's always where he says the prime example is the best guy, all around yeah. the best guy. Period. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's so. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agnostic. That's a uh, pretty interesting. I would like to pick your brain off the show one of these days, man. I, uh, I, 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 do you still travel and and and, and wrestle? Um, yeah, I do. Uh, I travel from time to time. Actually, uh, I um, was in Peru last year. I was in Portugal, uh, Spain. Um, not too long ago, I was in Europe for quite some time. I'm looking to go back. Uh, before the end of this year, uh, back to Europe. Um, but it's, it's not something I, I don't know. I, the travels, it wears on you after, you know, 16 years. Um, but it just depends. I try to just keep things a little bit more local at times. I, I like driving, but flying and dealing with airport and airport security and the lines and just, just people in general. I don't like crowds or dealing with um, massive amounts of people who, you know, only have their their own interest. You know, I just I don't know. It it, it wears on me. <laughs> so uh, I still do shows and stuff of like that, but I'm a, a lot more selective than I than I was in the past. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, you cut out again. I heard none of what you just said. Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? I can hear you. I don't know what your phone is. Okay, you can hear me. I can hear you now. Okay, I can hear you now. Okay. Who who is a better partner, Brian Kendrick or Billy Kidman? Brian, by far. <laughs> Why is that? We're actually friends. Because we're, we're actually friends. We're friends, you know, in real life. It's yeah. uh, natural yeah. chemistry. Um, Kidman and I had a age difference. Um, and whenever we spoke on the phone and the weekends or anything like that, I mean, I'm just, just more of a work um, a friendship more than anything, but I learned a lot from him. I just just got along with Brian better. I'd known Brian longer. Um, you know, I met Brian in 2001 uh, on the Independence in California. And I met Kidman when I got, you know, called up from OVW. So um, I had looked up to him and admired his work, you know, in WCW and a lot of the stuff he'd done uh, in WWF. 
like in the invasion angle and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. That was something I was always kind of looking forward to just because I thought, okay, well, you know, I do the shooting star and he does the shooting star, but I got to figure out a way to weave it in etiquette wise in the best way possible without getting any heat right off the bat. So I remember real specifically when I first got called up, Brian and I were teaming um, as a tag team right off the bat on house shows when I was still living in Louisville. And um, I remember we were working, I think Matt and Shannon uh, in New York. And I decided that we could start using, uh, or I figured we should do something where I, Brian uh, is on his back, or on all fours, and I I jump, I run, jump off his back, do a shooting star off of his back for running, shooting star off his back, and uh, so I started doing that in the matches, and they were getting really good reactions how we were using them. And I remember Kidman came up to me, and he said, "Hey man, you're gonna you're gonna steal my move every night. You're gonna keep doing stealing my move every night." And I just looked at him and I said, "Do you do a running shooting star off the back?" And he goes, oh. Well, well, no, but you know, I go, oh, well, all right, well, yeah, I, 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 and and I remember Brian came up to me, and he was like, man, what is wrong with you? You don't talk to somebody else. If I was him, I would have slapped you. And I was like, well, it's kind of a dickhead thing for him to come up to me and try and act like he's, you know, like he owns every variation of the move when he can't even really do it that well himself. So, you know, like I get the the etiquette of. I don't know. I guess that was just my way of finding the loophole in it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, uh, Brian and I were always better friends. Yeah. So, uh, what called you and Brian? Like, what was the meeting in the back? What was, what was the production idea or the creative idea to say, yeah, let's put, let's put the titles on them. What you know? How was that meeting? You know, kind of relive that meeting for me as far as the uh, putting the titles on you. And was it a lengthy? Uh, was, it a, was it an idea? Was it an idea to have a lengthy run from the beginning, or was it because you guys were just continuing to get over so much? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, as far as the decision for us to have. The uh, the titles um, we had had really good chemistry with Eminem. We had had good matches with them, um, and they'd kind of given up on these other projects that they were throwing at us, like the Shane Twins, whatever those guys were, the the Jim and I. They were you know they were throwing all these teams that they were really hoping would erupt into something that would. Um, become like the, you know the new Legion of Doom for them because that's that was their president for tag teams was Legion of Doom. They all, every time they always compared everything. It was like, well, nothing's as good as Legion of Doom, or nothing's as good as when Legion of Doom phase. You know, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, what about your whole TLC phase? Like, you just shit all over that and pretend like it never happened, and always go back to LOD, yeah. which was amazing. But they just would continuously express their disinterest in the tag team division. So it needs to say, eventually when they realized that all these horrible projects of theirs were terrible, um, it was almost like they ran out of options. 
And they figured, well, uh, I guess we'll see what these guys could do with Eminem. And we just had really good chemistry with them. And somehow we ended up in this weird program with them where we ended up running off six straight victories on them. Um, I mean, they never beat us. So, you know, that was really bizarre. Um, And then I think Joey Mercury was having some issues. uh, You know, I don't know if it was like rehab issues or something of that nature, but I think that was another thing playing into it because they weren't sure if he was going to be around and he wasn't producing because he was, you know, kind of like in a walking dead phase at the time. So, uh, um, yeah, I, I do remember a meeting, um, pretty specifically in Albuquerque at a house show. I want to say I was at a house show. Actually, it might've been a TV taping. Yeah, it was a SmackDown taping. I think about it. And, um, Ted DiBiase senior, um, pretty much lost all of our respect, (laughs) a matter of seconds when we were sitting in the catering section, you know, and everyone had pretty much finished up eating and we were wrapping up eating as well. And a million dollar man walks in there um, and he pulls us aside. Well, he pulls them aside really Eminem. And um, cause I think we were wrestling again that night as another build up match till the the inevitable pay-per-view championship match. So we were just kind of bullshitting about, or turning around some ideas for that night. And uh, Million Dollar, you know, Teddy walks in there and he pulls them aside and says, oh, you know, I just want to, you know, clarify that, you know, the decision to, to do the titles and stuff, uh, you know, it's because, you know, Joey's got this kind of issue. And it's not because of these guys, definitely not because of anything these guys have done. And he, kind of, and he kind of just threw that at us, like, in our face. Um, it, it was a really backhanded thing to do. I mean, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was just, it was just flat out rude. And Brian got up, like, I think he was about to give the million dollar man sliced bread number three. And, um, I had to intercept him and walk him outside before anything got really, cause it was just, that was the thing is, you know, Brian and I, no. you, when you, when you work there, you, you either, you, I mean, you just, you eat so much crap i mean you know that they throw at you because it's just you know um i mean it's like middle school all over again you know when you when you work there on any level that you're at i don't care if you're the mega star the opening guy corporate office guy whatever like at some point in your tenure there you're going to be treated like garbage like absolute garbage um and like less of a human being you're going to be treated like you know, the, the, the stuff you wipe off of your shoe, um, that you stepped in by accident. Um, and you're going to be treated like that constantly, constantly. Um, it's a constant mental hazing. Um, and you know, it's disgusting. I mean, it's, it's a horrible, horrible place to work. Uh, absolutely awful place to work. So, um, it's just not good for human beings of any nature. Um, but it, it was just things like that. It would just, it, it would numb you to life working there. So you would just get used to this kind of shit thrown at you. But I, I do remember that being something very specifically that made us think, you know, like, why are we bothering like working there? Like, this is, you know, just, 
don't know, it was very, it was just so disrespectful. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, I don't even, I don't remember the rest of your question because that kind of got me <laughs> heated all over again thinking about Million Dollar Man. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, uh, yeah, it was, he goes, oh, it's not, you know, it's not because of these guys, nothing they've got, you know, but oh, it's so, it's so rude, like, Jesus. Um, anyways, let's continue. Um, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, but that's, the decision that's to like keep going for a full year, honestly, it was because they didn't have anyone better. Once they eventually realized, like, oh, these guys know what they're doing, and they're generating momentum, they didn't have anyone better. They threw everybody at us. Every single thing they tried to pour water on in hopes that it would grow into something, it it was didn't matter. I mean, we just we made great matches with anybody that threw at us. At least as good of matches as we could with, you know, given the circumstances. So, you know, um, we did the best we could and yeah. it was through constant resistance from the office because we were constantly asking, you know, for ways to expand everything because we were constantly thinking more and more and more, bigger, bigger, bigger. We have to expand and, 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 and grow with this and grow, grow, grow. And they wanted to constantly contain it and, and, stunt everything you know from not giving us t-shirts till towards the very end of the run to um taking our masks away and doing just coming up with every excuse to not you know to to telling us that we couldn't get new music that was actually already custom made for us by reggie in the full effect (laughs) we couldn't use it because the music industry was closed for the holidays this is the excuse they told us that they couldn't use the music because the music industry was closed for the holidays and they couldn't get around to it and something. And then they ended up offering like Reggie and the full effect, like a hundred bucks or something for the song. It was like a to- Yeah. So it was just stuff like that. You would just deal with constantly. And the whole time we're sitting here thinking like, okay, just keep having as best matches as we can. Just let all this other crap fly by. Um, but then come like that 11th month point, you know, they just, yeah, they kind of changed their mind on the year run. Uh, and that's the way it goes. <laughs> it was great. Well, I I enjoyed every bit of it. It was, it was a fantastic thing. So what, uh, so got, oh man, I, I was a big fan of you guys. I thought that you got, I thought that you really made, Lemons out, lemon, uh, lemonade out, lemons. I really, I really, I think that your run was absolutely fantastic. Actually, you know, I'm an old school guy. Um, I love old school wrestling, but uh, I would say that you and I, and you know, uh, I've had dozens of people on my show, and people, other people, I ask, uh, you know, the hitting questions, but I will put you over, man. And, you know, I'll just show it was one of my favorite of the decade. So, uh, oh wait, oh, I'm sorry. you were breaking up right as you were complimenting me, man. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. I said it was one of the best. Uh, it was one of the best tag ones that I uh, um, witnessed. You know, the decade. I was one put you guys over. I think you guys were fantastic. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I think that was, I mean, just part of it was just that they saw that we passed every test they did. Uh, yeah. That's what we did. 
surprised about your release, or were you relieved, or were you both? Um, yeah, I can say, yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of surprised by it, but I wasn't. I mean, I think it was just, I guess I felt like I deserved a little bit better than just a, a, a phone call out of the blue. You know what I mean? Um, especially while I was injured. So, um, but at the same time, that was what they're so masterful at. Um, they're they're craftsmen when it comes to uh, getting your hopes up. Even though you tell yourself like, "Oh, I can't do this. Can't can't get my hopes up. I know better. I know better than to trust these assholes. Like, I know better. I know better. Don't get your hopes up." Somehow they will concoct some sort of master manipulation into making you somehow get your hopes up again. Not not so much in thinking. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a really optimistic person, but I just try to always think like, okay, this is going to get better. Like, this is going to get better. Like this will improve, you know, or whatever. Or this can always get better. And um, but then just to get that, it's kind of you know, it takes the wind out of your sails, but. Um, once you kind of get over that initial shock, you realize how how much of a blessing in disguise it really was. Um, just because you know it was uh, it was like the prison cell had been open, like the gate had just been open. It was like run out, <laughs> you're free. <laughs> and once I took once I took off sprinting, I I have not slowed down or looked back, and I don't plan on it ever. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was a real blessing. I thank them handedly. Thank you, Vince, for firing me. You're a kind man. <laughs> Couldn't thank you enough for that. So who person do I say it again? So I it sounds like you have Tourette's, but I know you don't have Tourette's. I, I really can't. I'm sorry, it's so skippy. I don't know what is going on. All I heard, all I heard was hammer. I don't, I don't know. I can't hear you. Hello. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, the uh, this has been a fun show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it looks like um, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, thank you, Paul London, with your fun, fun stories. Um, thank you, Father. Thank, thank you uh, <laughs> uh, for for being for for enduring. Thank you, everyone listening. Thank you for all the support in the midst of. Uh, the technical difficulties and um yeah I don't know exactly what's going on but uh we will manage we'll make it happen ladies and gentlemen next week uh we've got um Kaylin Croft continuing the tag team tag teamness and um uh we'll we'll, we'll get uh we'll get Paul London on uh again when it's uh, a lot less uh um interesting uh a lot less uh, uh of a of a problem and an issue 
so yeah, this is uh this is Chris Featherstone and um this has been a very interesting very fun humbling pancakes and power slams live episode and um we will make sure to uh get all the glitches uh together uh for a fantastic show for uh next week. Uh again, apologize for all the technical issues, but uh, we will make sure that we will um all together uh, and, and together and, and it will be great um, to bring what you got the measuring stick just changed around here buddy you're looking at it four corners free on mine let's go the whole squad is making it clear we taking this year you know who we are but you don't know why we here so this is where the big boys play these big boys play like who defies the living god get out the big boys way outsiders with the swoop in we live as kings you see in us but our third man waits in the wings and when the time is right we shock him with the proper attack i go for dolo but ain't solo cut the promo in black hollywood hendrix frizzle pinning them to the max and i'm that's one with the strength of a hundred men With one intent To see the will fulfilled of the one who sent His son to give himself But you rap about your gas and your rags torture White coffins when I drop a bomb My mic's awesome, never lost faith You in all space You can all skate, suffer but never cripple No bin walls in my cross face From here to Saturday Raven Anticipating I was frostbitten Now I am Glacier Mixed with some Vader Get to hawking with these animals Using God for my defense and Alabama, we jamming, that's beautiful Bobby eating, me and Priest, we the dangerous alliance, nah, the Harlem Heat, tie the do-rag before we do battle, you're talking shit, you are what you speak, this too sweet, till the number is took back, we reppin' that work pack, the foundation's shaking, no mistaking, yeah, we shook that, trusting God we trust, pushing forward, never look back, meekness ain't at all weakness, some people mistook that, stampin' out this crook rap, he turning the power on, on the race. Edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful. The owners in our group, too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move too. You crew, I'm in the Raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. In the grand scheme, it's that easy. We tag teaming. Steiner brothers, we love it. Demand the win. Establish it. This the clash of the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are going to get to the flavor of the week, and we're going to talk about the top five finishes of all of the times. It is now time for the flavor of the Always, always a heart attack. Um, and uh, it was a. Uh, um, yeah. Um, three. 
the midnight headhead was going to be jacked. Jack was going to be jacked up. That's the way that was going to happen, and it's going. You know, unfortunate. Thankfully, there wasn't any type of uh, really bad stories coming from the vigilmatic. Tuesday uh, two is the uh, deadly death drop. Uh, to me, that's always been a fun, interesting move. Um, and then number one is, uh, to me, is of course the Doomsday Device. Um, great move, <laughs> decapitating move. Another, you know, another instance that, thank God, you know, there wasn't a lot of, uh, there wasn't any like serious uh, injury that I knew of. Um, so yeah, those that's the play of the week. So next week we'll be back with Caden uh, Croft and. Uh, We'll get Paul Long back on I definitely think um, um, he, he deserves a better platform with less technical issues today um, to let us know, you know his thoughts. We'll make it happen. And so thank you all for uh, listening. Thank you all for continuing to support the Pancakes and Power Jam Show, 216 episodes. Uh, we'll continue to shine and thrive and, and, and be the best that we can be. Next week, again, Ken Croft. Follow us at Cray Wrestling, at Cray Wrestling. Um, and we'll talk about Raw. And um, we'll, we'll talk. Shows is this week as well. It's on Sunday. So we're going to do a little bit of Extreme Rules prediction. We always got to get our predictions out. Um, so the card is basically just a hiccup from from uh, you know payback, which I've said on my on my Facebook page. And so I'm not very intrigued. Not really look, look not looking up looking forward to it that much. Uh, but I'm going to watch it. Hopefully, I'm surprised and uh, it'll be a, a good match. All right, so uh, Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin, I'm going to say uh, he better win. It has to happen. Uh, no DQ match. And we, we have Ambrose and Jericho in the Asylum match. I, you know, if they keep doing this back and forth like they did with him and AJ, it's just it's not going to help Ambrose. So he needs to beat Jericho. I'm going to Ambrose. Miss, I think he's going to retain the uh, Intercontinental title match in a fatal four-way. I say Rusev. Um, WWE made the announcement that Kalisto's not going to be um, on SmackDown because he's nursing his injury or healing from his injury. Uh, man, I hope Rusev wins, but I hope... I just, I just think that, um, I just, I just really think that Kalisto's going to beat Seth, and it's really bad news. I think Charlotte's going to beat Natalia. Um, good feud. Unfortunate that Natalia had to put Charlotte over twice, probably three times because she lost her roadblock too. Poor Natalia. I think she deserved title reign. Even if it's just, I mean, so right now it's just the best month for her to do it. It's, it's, you know, this is the slowest period of the year, May, June, July. I would say those, that quarter is probably the, um, quarter is the the weakest quarter 
typically every year. And um, so, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I don't know. Uh, even just a one-month line, kind of freshening up a little bit, and then it's time for Sasha Banks to come out and have a few with her, with Charlotte. Um, New Day retains the tag team titles, I believe. Um, Ball Villains just too green, not ready yet. I don't think they will be. And then uh, Roman Reigns defeats AJ Styles, I believe, in an Extreme Rules match. Um, you know, really bad character development with uh, AJ in the past couple of weeks. Um, it, it just, I really don't understand how they. I don't understand how it makes sense, you know, right now what he's doing with the club. So. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to uh, sign off for today. Uh, we'll be back full throttle next week, uh, very strong, and uh, we'll, we'll make it happen for you. And uh, we'll have all the uh, technical issues uh, taken care of. I had no clue coming to the studio that, uh, that the things were going to happen. That issues, but uh, hey, man, that's that's live programming for you. That's why we do it live. You know, we're willing to take the risk to make sure that you guys are. Uh,